If you're suffering from a serious health challenge or just want to protect your good health, I want to tell you about Metatrol Fermented Wheat Germ Extract from American Biosciences. Imagine every cell in your body working at peak performance, achieving enhanced energy, quality of life, and optimal immune system performance. More than 50 research articles in peer-reviewed medical journals describe fermented wheat germ extracts remarkable health benefits in a wide range of serious health challenges. Metatrol is the most potent fermented wheat germ extract ever produced, and it's it's the only one that's gluten-free. Just two Metatrol capsules daily supports your immune system, cellular health, and energy production. Rescue your mitochondrial function and optimize your energy with Metatrol fermented wheat germ extract. For more information and to order, go to theharmonycompany.com. That's theharmonycompany.com. Or call 800-422-5518. 800-422-5518. Use coupon code HOFFMAN20 at checkout and get a 20% first-time discount and free shipping. That's theharmonycompany.com. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mudin. I'm a registered dietitian nutritionist here in New York. Thank you for downloading and listening to these podcasts, and thank you for subscribing to the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter. If you don't yet subscribe to the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter, you may do so at drhoffman.com. That's drhoffman.com. Click on su- subscribe, uh, enter your email. We don't use your email for any other reason except the Intelligent Medicine Newsletter. You may unsubscribe at any time. And it's free. So, what's going on with weight in middle age? How many of you are saying, it must be my metabolism? So, we need to dispel the mythology of low midlife metabolism. You know, what I used to say years ago is, oh, you think it's just about your metabolism? I challenge you to go follow a seven-year-old or a 12-year-old around all day long. Get onto that activity level. And that's the difference. That's one of the differences. We are more sedentary as we get older. So it must be my metabolism, quote, end quote, is a common theme. There's a common belief that our metabolic rate slows down when we're into our 40s and 50s, and that this is what causes previously thin people to gain weight. I can't tell you over the years how many people have walked into my office. I was always skinny. What's going on? Why am I gaining weight? I never had this weight on me before. I was always thin. What's going on? And what we do know from the literature is that this is not a sluggishness of metabolism because our basal metabolic rate really changes very little between our 30s and our 60s. But what does change in many people is lean muscle mass, the diminishing of 
the calorie-burning torch, our lean muscle mass. So a middle-aged patient comes in saying something like, I used to be so thin and I'm not. I exercise as much as I did when I was younger and I eat the same, but I keep gaining weight. I just can't keep it off. It must be my metabolism. Now, many people believe, and practitioners too, believe that sometime during the fifth decade of life in our 50s, there is an inevitable metabolic slowdown that causes people to gain weight despite a generally healthy lifestyle. It's a handy explanation, only the problem is, according to holistic primary care, is it is not true. Metabolic rate on average really doesn't change much between age 20 to age 60. And this is from Heidi Skolnick, a nutrition specialist at the Women's Sports Medicine Center at the Hospital for Special Surgery here in New York City. The tissues are able to metabolize at more or less the same level at age 60 as at age 20. It's just that by age 60, you've usually lost a lot of your most metabolically active tissue, which is the skeletal muscle. So midlife weight gain is not due to a sudden metabolic decline. Anyway, so in a landmark 2021 paper, Herman Ponzer of the Duke University Global Health Institute and a team of researchers from all over the globe showed that basal energy expenditure is actually quite stable from the third through the sixth decades of life. It's true for males as well as females, ladies. And even during pregnancy, women's basal metabolic rates tend to be pretty consistent. So in their recent analysis of data of more than 6,400 men and women across the globe, Ponser and colleagues showed that metabolic rate, as indicated by total energy expenditure, which is you know the burning of your calories, and basal energy expenditure, what we're burning even at rest just by breathing, that's our basal right, tends to remain very stable from age 20 to age 70 years. Actual metabolic slowdown only begins after age 70. Now, this is in the journal Science from Ponser et al. This is in the year 2021. The findings are based on detailed analysis of data from more than 6,400 people, 64% of which are female, from 29 countries and representing a wide range of racial and ethnic subgroups. It's only after age 70 that there's a significant physiological decline in basal metabolism. 
That's your resting metabolism. So what's missing? It's muscle. So why do so many people who are lean going into their 40s find themselves gaining a lot of weight as they hit their 50s? Leaving aside the fact that most middle-aged people do not eat or exercise the same way they did in their 20s and 30s, though they think they do. There is an important physiological change that is occurring in midlife. One that partially accounts for the added girth because people in midlife gain about, they complain about gaining weight around the midsection. And this has to do with an overall loss of lean muscle mass. So again, the tissues are able to metabolize at more or less the same level at age 60 as at age 20. It's just that by age 60, you've usually lost a lot of your most metabolically active tissue, which is your skeletal muscle. Typically, people lose somewhere around 1% of their total muscle mass per year starting in middle age. By the eighth or ninth decade of life, by our 80s and 90s, we've lost as much as 50% of our peak muscle mass. This is what causes frailty. This change reflects an imbalance between muscle protein synthesis and muscle tissue breakdown with the balance tipping toward the muscle tissue breakdown. This means that over time, lean muscle mass relative to total body weight tends to decline, predisposing us for further fat gain. So let's talk about anabolic resistance. Anabolic means to build, right? Catabolic means to break down. Let's talk about anabolic resistance. Inactivity plays a big role in this change, and so can inflammation. Chronic inflammatory conditions, coupled with increases in cortisol and other catabolic hormones, contribute to midlife muscle atrophy. And there's also a phenomenon called anabolic resistance. All other factors being equal, it is more difficult for older people to push the physiological muscle building button than it is for younger people. It may seem paradoxical, but older people need more protein than younger people to build the same amount of muscle. Pay attention, vegans, please. We need more muscle as we get older. For example, Wilkinson and colleagues at the University of Nottingham in the United Kingdom showed that young men only need 0.24 grams of protein per kilogram of body mass to build muscle, while older men need 0.40 grams per kilogram. The same daily protein intake that was enough to maintain muscle mass when somebody was 30 is likely going to be inadequate 
by the time that person reaches 50 years of age. Heidi Skolnick stressed that anabolic resistance is a predictable, involuntary biological phenomenon. It's not a reflection of a lack of willpower or bad dietary choices, though obviously lifestyle factors absolutely play a role. So in a young muscle, anabolic stimuli like mechanical sensing, feeding, it provides the stimulation, getting enough protein, right? Some weight resistance exercise stimulates muscle protein synthesis and inhibits muscle protein breakdown. And that helps to maintain muscle mass. In older age, muscle becomes resistant to these anabolic stimuli. So we need to compensate for that. Left unchecked, loss of lean muscle mass has a lot of negative consequences. Sarcopenia, which is the diminishing of muscle, which affects up to 13% of all people between the ages of 60 and 70 and well over 50% of people in the 80 plus bracket is an independent predictor of falls, morbidity, and mortality. Further, many of these so-called diseases of aging are in some way related to muscle loss. Muscle function affects our bone metabolism, so consequently it influences risk of osteoporosis. Greater muscle mass is correlated with lower risk of Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia. And because muscle mass affects glucose metabolism, it plays a big role in someone's risk of diabetes and cardiometabolic disease. Again, anabolic resistance is a predictable involuntary biological phenomenon. It is not a reflection of a lack of willpower or bad dietary choices, though obviously our lifestyle factors, it does play a role. So, the Institute of Medicine's current guidelines for protein intake, which is 0.8 grams per kilograms a day, it doesn't do a very good job of preventing sarcopenia in older adults. Even widely, widely recommended healthy diets like the Mediterranean diet, they really don't address sarcopenia. So how can we help our patients overcome the tendency to midlife weight gain. And you know what? The answer is simple. You need to increase protein intake. Heidi Skolnick advises middle-aged women to eat at 25 grams of protein in each meal. For men, it's 30 grams per each meal. So 75 to 90 grams for women and men, but this needs to be tailored to body weight. While 25 grams per meal will be sufficient to maintain muscle mass for a woman weighing about 140 pounds, someone weighing 180 pounds will need roughly 33 grams of protein to obtain the same metabolic effect. So it's going to be different for a woman 5'6 weighing 140, right? 
as opposed to man being six feet tall and weighing 180. He's going to need 33 grams of protein, whereas that woman will need about 40, uh, 25 grams. So it's not just the amount of protein that matters. It's also the timing. And it's stressed that older people benefit from getting a big protein dose early in the day. So make sure that your breakfast is protein rich. We're talking about an omelet. Ideally, people should aim to eat around 30 grams of protein at each meal, evenly distributed throughout the day, but especially at breakfast. Older people need more protein and they need it early in the day. So for those of you who don't want to eat an omelet, who are trying to avoid animal protein, you can do something like a sugar-free yogurt and add some nuts to it to increase the protein content in your breakfast. So again, most people do this the wrong way. The average that they get is about 10 grams of protein at breakfast if you're eating some kind of grain, sugary cereal, and then maybe eating 20 grams of protein at lunch, right? And then maybe getting a big 60-gram protein load at dinner. The timing is off. We need more protein at breakfast than we do later in the day. So it may seem paradoxical, but older people need more protein than younger people to build the same amount of muscle. So you know that most Americans are eating cereal, oatmeal, muffins, bagels, fruit. For breakfast, it's mostly carbohydrates with very little protein. And to overcome anabolic resistance, people need to flip that ratio by eliminating a lot of the morning carbs and including more protein-dense foods. And there are a lot of practical ways to do this. You could do this with a two or three egg omelet, you could do this with a cup of Greek yogurt. That Greek yogurt is going to have approximately 15 grams of protein. Harder to do if you're avoiding dairy, right? So I'm only speaking to dairy eaters here with the Greek yogurt option. You could top that with some nuts. Nuts can be a good source of protein added to the high biological value protein, which is the animal source protein, which is the yogurt, because it's coming from the animal's milk. And... We need the amino acid leucine. Leucine is one of the branch chain amino acids. The branch chain amino acids are leucine, isoleucine, and valine. But leucine is the spark plug for muscle building. So older people should increase their intake of leucine-rich foods to at least two grams a day. You get that from animal protein. That's where you get it. Good leucine sources include eggs, red meat, cod, salmon, chicken breast, pork, tuck, duck, dirt, turkey. And for vegetarians and vegans, it will have to be tempeh. So it can be difficult for older vegans to get enough leucine, but if they're really vigilant, hopefully they'll get it done. Nuts and nut butters may be good animal-free sources. So may legumes like chickpeas, lentils, black beans, kidney beans. Vegans need to be quite vigilant. So many older people are, understandably, concerned with losing weight. 
And they'll often try a wide variety of approaches, right? Unfortunately, these well-intentioned efforts can end up working against them in the long run. Intermittent fasting regimens can be especially detrimental for older people. You want fat loss, not weight loss, and you definitely don't want muscle loss. But unless someone is doing a lot of resistance exercises and muscle building while they're following an intermittent fasting program, they're very likely losing muscle, not fat. Yeah, they'll lose weight, but it's not the right kind of weight loss. And when you do something like a lower carb diet, you will lose fat way more than, way more than muscle. So in their 2020 study published in JAMA Internal Medicine, that's the journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine, Dylan Lowe and colleagues at the University of California, San Francisco showed that lean muscle loss accounted for a shocking 65% of total weight loss from time-restricted eating programs. Many older people, again, are concerned about losing weight, right? But you don't want to necessarily do an intermittent fasting unless you boost up your protein and your resistance exercise because the muscle loss itself is detrimental. And when people stop the intermittent fasts and inevitably regain the weight, they're mostly regaining fat and not muscle. Protein intake is a key factor in maintaining healthy muscle mass, but so are folate, B12, healthy fats, calcium, vitamin D, and fiber. And regarding the, the latter, highly Skolnick, Heidi Skolnick advises middle-aged people to increase fruit and vegetable intake as much as possible. And you want to aim for five colors a day. You want to eat the rainbow. Variety is important, if not more important than the quantity. You want to give your body a broad spectrum of phytonutrients. You want to aim to include two to three sources of fiber in each meal, right? So avocados, nuts, apples, all of your vegetables and fruits, these are great sources of fiber. Keep an eye out for normal weight obesity. We see this more often than not. There are people who have a normal BMI, their measurements, but they have a significant loss of muscle mass. And we can't tell by just looking and from their BMIs, we need a body composition, right? Body composition. A lot of people are metabolically obese. If you've got a fat percentage of greater than 30%, that's an indicator of metabolic obesity. And of course, you want to exercise. All movement is helpful for, for elders. The degree to which someone can exercise will, of course, depend on overall functional status. For some 80-year-old people, climbing the stairs is a major accomplishment, while others are still able to take strenuous mountain hikes. Whatever someone is capable of, Encourage that. Encourage more movement. It's key for independence in advanced years. And I want to remind everyone of a study that was done in the 90s. They went into nursing homes. They chose people 
who were using uh, uh, who were using canes and walkers. They took those people, put them on a three-month strength training program. At the end of three months, most of them were able to give up their walkers and their canes. So middle-aged and older people should engage in three times a week sessions of strength and resistance training, focusing on all the major muscle groups. It's also good to include balance training activities like yoga, like tai chi, like dancing, and moderate to vigorous cardiovascular and aerobic workouts are very beneficial, of course, for heart and lungs. But we need to give equal time to strength training. What we do now will, would, will determine our vitality 10 years from now. And the more muscle mass we have going into our 70s, 80s, and 90s, the better off our health is going to be. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Weighs In. This is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.